All right, well, let's get into the word. Father, we thank you for your written word. We thank you that it is life, that it is peace, that it changes us, that it helps us in every way, even affecting our finances, affecting our physical bodies, affecting our minds, our relationships, uh, the destiny on our life. We thank you, Lord, tonight that we'll gain from being in your house and being in your spirit. And Lord, that you'll share these truths that change our lives and we depend upon you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to continue with Third John 2. I believe this is the fourth uh, service that we've ministered. Third John uh, chapter 2 is where we'll begin. And we're talking about the soul and how important it is to have a prosperous soul. And we'll look at Third John 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, yes. even as thy soul prospers. So the, the idea here is it is God's will for you to be in health and for you to prosper. Yes. Hallelujah. And we really have to accept this and trust God for it because, you know, anything else that's the will of God sometimes seems so impossible, but he can bring his will to pass if we put our trust in him. And it's really interesting how um, when he tells us to do something like prosper, that he can make ways and avenues for that to happen. Now, I know sometimes we think, well, we're up in age and we you know, that we have a fixed income, et cetera, et cetera. But remember, you don't have a fixed God, <laughs> you know, and, and he didn't fix your income to be whatever it is, that uh, it's it, it can be amazing what he can do, um, what we used to say, outside the box, outside of what we think we can have and what we um, just, you know, our experience, our education or our work has brought into our lives. Uh, God can do exceeding abundantly above anything that we can ask or think. And David was reading an article the other day about uh, some research on uh, the most productive days in a person's life. And, you know, what, which decade is the most productive? And, uh, you know, you would think certain decades would be more productive than others. But what I was shocked at was he said the most productive is between 60 and 70. Yeah. Now listen, yeah, the, to, second the second most was between 70 and 80. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Because I think sometimes we think, uh, well, we're winding down. <laughs> and uh, it was really, I think it, it was encouraging to me to share, and I will continue to share that, because yes. uh, people need to know that they're not through. As long as you're on the earth, you can believe God, yes. you can trust in the Lord, amen, and believe God for impossible things and see his mighty hand move. So when he says he wants, his will is for us to prosper and be in health, we thank God that he can bring his will to pass when we put simple faith in him, amen, just simple faith. I trust you, Lord. I trust you for this. Um, now, if we, you know, again, we're talking about soul prosperity. So we have to grab hold of this, not only with our spirit, but with our mind, with our will and with our emotions. Amen. 
and that's you know a, that's a lot of right there because your emotions could say you don't deserve to have anything what have you ever done in your life you're not as smart as so and so you're not as talented or right. or you don't have the doctorate degree etc cetera, etc cetera. and um thank god his will is not uh dependent upon our greatness <laughs> his will is dependent upon his greatness and he's great in every one of us. Yeah. Amen. I had a lady come up to me one time in a meeting and I was teaching on tithes and offerings. It wasn't at our church. It was out on the field. And she said, I just have a testimony to tell you. She said, we started to come to this church and our pastor was teaching about tithes and offerings. And she said, my husband and I, we were, you know, he cut down trees for a living and he did, he was doing all right. But, you know, we were struggling some. And uh, we started tithing and believing God for prosperity. And my, he said, she said, my husband doesn't read or write. And I just thought, how is God going to get us any kind of prosperity? You know, we're kind of stuck in where, where we are. And um, she said that one day the, the Spirit of God spoke to her husband while he was cutting down a tree and said, something you can do with this sap. And he said, what? And he said, the Spirit of God gave him an idea what he could do with the sap of the trees that he was cutting down. And, you know, he made a million dollars off that idea. Um, and she was just thrilled. She said, you know, we, we limit God by saying we can't read, we can't write, we're too old, you know, we're too young, we're not educated enough, etc. Only doctors and lawyers can make that kind of money. And I have news for you. <laughs> God has divine ideas. Amen. Yeah. He has avenues. He has ways. He has thoughts. And I'm telling you, God can certainly share those things with us. And we need to be open. We need to be trusting of the Lord. So um, he, it is his will for us to prosper and be in health. So we have to take hold of that with our emotions. We have to take hold of that with our will. Because some people, they, they do not will to be prosperous. Only God wills it for them, but they don't will it. Well, I'm happy, you know, and I, I'm, you know, I've got a little boat and I've got a little house and, you know, I can take the kids out on the weekends and teach them how to water ski and we're good. We don't need it anymore. But we've said this before. Okay. If you're happy with your situation, fine, but believe God for finances. To bless someone else, maybe buy somebody else a boat. Amen. <laughs> or, you know, it, it, as far as ministry is concerned, give more to, to the Lord and support his work. Yeah. And um, it, it's amazing what God will do with simple faith. Now, uh, in that verse, 3 John 2, we could say it like this. I wish above all things that you don't have sickness or lack. Right. I wish above all things. <laughs> That's God's will, amen, for us not to be sick or diseased and not to have lack. Now, that doesn't mean we aren't challenged with sickness or disease at times. Or the devil might try to challenge us in our finances. I mean, I know that there's been times where I have been unbelievably challenged in financial in finances. And then, you know, sickness too. But praise God, we can trust him. And know that it is will, it is his will to deliver us out of that. We're not just stuck in lack or, um, uh, devastation if things have happened in our life. 
people have stolen from us. I've, I've had people steal millions from me. Millions of dollars. Not ten dollars, not a thousand. I'm talking about multi-millions. So, you know, we, but we don't stay there. Amen. We keep believing God and know the devil has to repay what the, what he's stolen out of our lives. And hallelujah. We trust the Lord. Praise God. So, uh, he does not want us to be sick or have any lack, any uh, poverty in our lives. Now, you know, that's a little different than some religions talk about, even some Christians talk about. They feel like, they, and I've even heard, well, it's virtuous to be poor. Um, some take a vow of poverty. Now, we're reading here God's will. And, and throughout the Bible, you see it again and again. Uh, why would you join up with the devil and take a vow of poverty? That's like saying, I'll take a vow of sickness. Just be sick to glorify God. Well, that's ridiculous. Or a vow of sin. A vow of sin. <laughs> um, the, these things are not of God. And we have to get that soul prosperity going there that we know this in our soul so well that when it comes against us, we know how to push back. Otherwise, you kind of accept it. Well, that's just my lot in life. People have stolen from me and poor pitiful me, and I'm pitiful because this is done to me and that's done to me, or I'm sick and I'm just, I guess, I always have arthritis or whatever. This is my age, except, except, except. But if we uh, accept it, then, you know, that's what we're going to have to, deal with but the the thing about it is jesus paid for our deliverance and we we really should honor him enough and respect him enough to say you know what jesus bought and paid for me to have the grace to prosper and i'm going to operate in that grace or jesus um bought and paid to remove sin and sin nature out of my life i'm going to have enough respect and honor for him that he hung on Calvary uh, to um, accept that. And the same thing with healing. I have enough respect and honor for God that to know that Jesus hung on Calvary, took stripes on his back for me. Who am I to reject help and divine healing? Amen. Simply receive what God has done. Now, uh, again, about the vow of poverty, uh, in, in my psychology classes over the years, I'd, we'd studied a good bit about poverty um, and, and the terribleness of it. So really, we ought not tell people it's good to be poor. Amen? Because there's not anything good about being poor. In fact, Jesus said, I've come to preach the gospel to the poor. I'm anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, what difference would it make if it didn't help any poor people? You know, the gospel, the good news to a poor person is they don't have to live in poverty anymore. Amen. That's the good news that he came to preach. And it says he was anointed for that. And, you know, I'll just say that every now. I'm anointed for the poor. I'm an anointed vessel to preach the good news to poor people. Amen. Everybody that will hear, too, but especially for the poor. And, you know, we saw in our churches, we've seen it in this church, um, 
we've seen people absolutely lifted out of poverty. Yeah. Praise God. And I've told you all some of the testimonies. Um, you know, we had a, a plumber assistant that was in our church and barely living with his family above the poverty level, uh, you know, in a trailer. Nothing wrong with trailers. But, you know, God has something better for you if you if you want it. If you want it. Amen. It's available. Praise God. And uh, they got a hold of tithes and offerings and giving and sowing and prosperity. And they even named their dog Prosper. Because they said, we're calling prosperity every time we call our dog. That's how, that's how strong they got about it. Prosper, come here. Prosper, come here. And so, um, before long, they, uh, were, they actually were both very talented artists and they were hired at the Super Walmart to have a booth there, eventually their own booth, to do, um, t-shirts, to do, uh, airbrush t-shirts. And that was one of the largest Walmarts, you know, you can imagine Panama City Beach, how many people want an airbrush t-shirt. And so they were just, just started making all kinds of money and bought a house in a, in a beautiful neighborhood in Panama City Beach and have done really, really well through the years with that business that they enjoy. Amen. They're artists. They love doing that. And isn't that interesting that God will give you something too that you love to do? Praise God. That's just like God, just like our Father. Um, we had a, a lifeguard in our church that, you know, just renting jet skis and umbrellas and started tithing. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know everybody in the church because it was a large church. And but he came up to me at the gas station. I was putting gas in the car. He said, Pastor Scarlett, I'm go to your church and da da da. And he said, I just have to tell you that I have made so much money. And I rent so many umbrellas and so many jet skis that the, both lifeguards on the, both sides of me said, what are you doing? How are you renting all these? Even on slow days, he would have all his stuff out rented. And he said, it's the favor of God. I'm a tither. <laughs> Amen. And so he was so excited to share with me. So, it, you know, again, it doesn't matter necessarily what you do. The Bible says whatsoever you do, God will prosper. He will prosper whatsoever. Amen. And, um, you, you know, I've heard people say, well, you know, I'm just a, I'm, I'm just a school teacher or I'm just a, you know, this or that or the other. But, uh, God can give you ideas in those situations, in those, uh, in, and bring uh, abundance. And it's just very interesting how He does it. Now, let me say this before, because I don't want to skip it. If you've never operated in faith and believed God for something supernatural to come, you know, you've always yeah. just done your own ability and worked and, you know, never seen God really bring you anything. Um, we used to say, start with something small, you know, like believe God for a donut. That's what we used to say. Just believe God for a donut. And so this man in our church, he was... uh you know, had been struggling. He had come uh, through, uh, he had been through a lot. And when he came to our church, he was just new to the word. And But he heard that. He said, I'm going to believe God for a donut. And he was living in a like a men's facility. And so he said that morning at church, he said, Lord, I believe you for one donut. And so he got back to the facility and the manager was at the counter. And he said, 
you know, I won't say his name, but he said, you know, I am on the way to work today. I just felt led to to go by the donut shop. And he said, so I've got these donuts right here if you'd like one. And he was so excited he got his donut. Amen. He said he'd never done that before, this guy. But that morning, praise the Lord, God answers faith. Amen. Just the simple uh, plea to say, Father, I believe you for this. And um, so, you know, again, start with something small. Ask the Lord for something. Don't tell anybody. Amen. And just let the Lord work it out. Let let the Lord show himself strong on your behalf. Um, now, poverty is, uh, I believe, a spiritual problem. Amen. I believe that the devil loves poverty. He wants to keep people trapped in that. Many times it is generational. It's passed down because he wants that cycle in the people's lives so that they don't really have uh, abund- abundant life that right. Jesus came to pay for and paid for it. He came so that we could have life, the Bible says, but not just life, life more abundantly. And so uh, poverty is a spiritual, I believe, uh, trap that, um, you know, the Bible says people perish for lack of knowledge. And they also perish because they reject knowledge. Now, some people could hear the truth about this tonight and say, well, I don't believe any of that. Forget that. God doesn't care about money. He doesn't care about anything. Well, Jesus evidently did because he looked at the woman giving in the offering and everybody else giving in the offering. So something's going on there, right? Um, But anyway, poverty, let me just tell you some of the Things that go along with poverty. And really, it's interesting how the connection between poverty and illness, because we're talking about prosperity and health. And really, um, in lower income individuals, there's higher rates of illness and disease. Why? Because it's all the devil. It's all his tricks. And that's what he wants people to suffer under is poverty and illness and disease. And I'm talking about not just a physical disease, but uh, they're at higher risk of mental illness. Children, the children, too, that are raised in poverty. There's nothing good about poverty, and there's nothing good about sickness. <laughs> if any of you have been sick, if any of you had COVID, you know, you know. It, there's nothing good about it. And if it's not good, it's not from God. Amen. Yep. God is good and every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father. So poverty, there's a higher rates and more risk of illness and disease, uh, substandard housing, homelessness, inadequate nutrition, lack of access to health care. Of course, we know that. Inadequate child care and, the, and children put at risk um, even with... Uh, Attention deficit, aggression, uh, conduct, conduct disorder, etc. The bot, and, and so, you know, I was just, I told David this morning, I was just doing a little Google search for po- about poverty and everything. And, and one of the questions was, what is the cause of poverty? And I thought, oh, this ought to be interesting. And I clicked it on. It said, uh, it said, um, climate change. 
I said, climate change? Well, and so I thought, if they ever read the Bible, there were poor people in the Bible, and there wasn't any climate change then or now, really. But anyway, okay, praise the Lord, right? So what we're interested in is the Bible causes for poverty. And so we can see from the Bible sometimes there's natural causes. There's famine, uh, a death of a family member, something like that. The situational poverty, right? Um, but, you know, in Proverbs, it says also it has to do sometimes with laziness. Uh-oh. <laughs> now I'm meddling, right? <laughs> but we're going to meddle a little bit here. Um, so let's look at Proverbs, just a couple of scriptures here. Because sometimes we need to know these things, if not for us, to teach others, to teach our uh, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Amen? Proverbs 6, verse 11. Uh, or 10. Let's look at 10. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to lie down and sleep, so will your poverty come like a robber, this is amplified, or one who travels with slowly but surely approaching steps, and your want like an armed man making you Helpless. So poverty uh, can come that way as well. And then look at Proverbs 24, 34. Proverbs 24, 34. Um, Or again, 33. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and they want as an armed man. So we see it there twice, the same type of idea uh, that the hand of the diligent maketh rich, and the opposite is, is true as well. Now that, you know, again, we're not taking away from the supernatural power of God to do above what we can do, because he can do that. Amen? But he also works through us, and he expects us to do some things. And so we're to be faithful and obedient to what he's told us to do in our lives. And, um, you know, I've always been taught with my parents to be, if you're going to do something, do it right. right. And uh, do it better than, you know, you would for anybody else. You, if you're working for an employee, you do it right, whether they're watching you or not watching you. Amen. Um, and go out of your way to do extra things for them whether you're paid or not paid for it. Um, and I was always taught to, to go to get to work a little earlier than what was expected and work a little later than what's expected. Don't just run out the door at 5 o'clock, you know, at 4.40, 59 or whatever with your hair on fire. Just stay a little bit and see if there's anything needs to be done. Sweep the office, whatever, even if that's not your job. Amen? It's called a work ethic, right? And so uh, in this coupled with the, the anointing of God and the grace of God to prosper is pretty powerful together. So Proverbs has a lot to say about that. And then um, other causes of poverty is oppression. I really believe that it can be demonic oppression. And sometimes it can be oppression of people around you that oppress you. Um, or, or even um, some that 
uh, ask you to give a lot of money to them or they right. <laughs> you feel like they're requiring you and that you get over in the emotional realm of, well, I really should do this just because. <laughs> and, and really, God didn't tell you to do it. Amen. Now, if God tells you to give, then do it. Be prompt to do it. If somebody says, bless your next door neighbor or do something for them, then fine. But if they're over there begging at your house every day, once you cook supper for me and our, my whole family, we're coming over at seven. <laughs> you know, it can be, I know that's a ridiculous thing, but it can be like that yeah. where people are putting pressure on you and actually stealing from you. But you're allowing it. So sometimes, tough, you know, that tough love, you have to say, no, this is good. You're good. Bye. <laughs> Amen. Um, hallelujah. Are you with me? Good. Okay. And then the other, another um, Bible cause for poverty. Let's look at this in Proverbs 21 and verse 20. Proverbs 21, verse 20. Um, there is a treasure to be desired and all in the dwelling of the house, but a foolish man spendeth it up. And, uh, you know, I've always heard it like this, a fool and his money is soon parted. So if you're foolish with money, and um, we know the definition of being a fool is not recognizing God's authority and God's plan. So... uh, it's better to walk in the wisdom of God. We can pray for it. James said we can. And in wisdom, right, the right hand is long life. The left hand is riches and honor. Yeah. So the way to overcome being a fool with money is getting the wisdom of God. Amen? And I'm telling you, he'll give it to you liberally. He'll show you how to handle finances and how what to do with it and what not to do it. And Proverbs is a great book to follow because it teaches so much about finances. Um, Proverbs 22.7, let's look at that. 22.7, it says here, The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is servant to the lender. The borrower is servant. Um, I think the Amplified or New Living Translation says slave. You're a slave to the lender. So you have to watch that kind of debt, getting into debt. You become just a slave. I heard one man say one time, all I do, and he had a business. He said, all I do is work for three banks because he had three mortgages. And he said, that's all I do is work for these three banks. And what a horrible you know, life to think that you feel like you're just working for a bank and the bank's charging all this interest and all these fees. Boy, they don't have any mercy, do they? You get a low balance or something, they're charging you extra. And I'm thinking, that's not godly character, is it? (laughs) I'm telling you, they don't have a heart or a soul. So you have to watch the banking system. And, um, you know, there's a lot in Proverbs about that as well. So be careful about the borrowing um, cycle and getting into that. They say the average American is $8,000 in credit card debt. Average. So uh, it can it can get you. Um, so anyway, the good news is that we have, uh, even though all these wonderful things in Proverbs talk to us about 
uh, prosperity and abundance. In the New Testament, the Bible says we have a better covenant built on better promises. So if it's God's will for all, all these wonderful truths in Proverbs and all through that Old Testament, just think about how glorious it is to have the grace of God with us and on us to prosper us. Now let's look at that, okay? Um, let's look at 2 Corinthians 8, 9. 2 Corinthians 8, 9, and we'll bring this to a close. Chapter 8, and look at verse 9. For you know the grace, say grace. grace. Hallelujah, it's not just what we say over the meal, is it? Praise God, it's a lot more than that. You know, sometimes we think that's about it. Say grace, but uh, grace is a, is, is a tremendous force, a tremendous favor, tremendous empowerment yeah. from God. Yeah. And it came upon us when we asked the Lord Jesus to come into our heart yeah. and to be born again. Amen. So you know the grace of our Lord Jesus. The Bible says, uh, Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Praise God. He became poor. Now, some people say, well, when he left heaven, he came down to the earth and left all his heavenly riches up there. But really, if you think about his life here on the earth, he wasn't poor here on the earth. He became poor when he was on Calvary, just like when he was on Calvary, he became sin. Not that he ever sinned, but he became, he was made to be sin. And then he also took those stripes on his back so that sickness and disease was laid upon him. So these things we have been delivered out of through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we stand up here and dance, amen. That's why we stand up here and praise. Uh, it's just amazing. Not only are, is heaven our home, which is glorious enough, but that here on earth, we are blessed, amen. We are graced. And so he became poor, not walking on the earth, when he hung on Calvary is when he became poor. Um, you know, in, on the earth, well, he was born in a little manger, Poor Jesus. No, there wasn't a hotel vacancy. Amen? It wasn't like he had to go to the stable to show he was humble and poor. He had to go to the stable because there was no room in the inn. I mean, if you don't have a vacancy, you don't have a vacancy. And here comes money with the kings, right? If there was lack from their trip from Nazareth down to Bethlehem, here comes money. And there wasn't just three kings. They were just talking about three different things that they brought to him. But, you know, it could have been a hundred kings. We don't know. Then there are little, you know, stories here at the church or wherever we say three kings. But it could have been a whole band of people. And they brought money. And evidently it supported them when they had to go into Egypt to flee from Herod. Amen. And so then we know that Joseph was not poor. He wasn't just a, a carpenter that made little cabinets and stuff. He was more like an architect that built around Nazareth. And um, the Jews really, you know, they weren't poor. <laughs> Amen. They were blessed. 
You read the Old Testament. I mean, there was the blessing of Abraham upon them. And they did really well. So, uh, you know, it just debunks some of these stories about Jesus being poor. Um, I don't think the Son of God would ever carry around a spirit of poverty. Amen? Except when he took it for us on Calvary. That's when he took poverty. That's when he took um, lack and struggle financially. Even when, uh, you know, the other argument is, well, he didn't even, you know, he didn't have a, a grave. You know, they had to borrow a grave. And uh, it's because he didn't need a grave, but for three days. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I'm out of here in three days. Why buy one, right? Amen. When you don't need it, he's a good steward. Praise the Lord. He had everything available to him at any time. I mean, he needed a vehicle. You know, back then it was a donkey. He said, go get me one. Okay. <laughs> and they did, didn't they? There was no exchange of money even. They said, the Lord hath need of it. Amen. And here he comes in Jerusalem on his new, believe it or not, it was brand new. It was the first time it was ever ridden on. That just, no man had ever sat on it. And so, you know, we can believe God for new vehicles. Yeah. Amen. So we see that the Lord really had a tremendous power. And then, you know, he had 12 disciples. Then he had 70. And that's not cheap. We know that he had a treasure. And, you know, it's like, okay, Judas, hold my $2.50 because I'm poor. I don't think so. I mean, you know, how many of us have treasures? So there was some wealth coming through that ministry. Amen. And they weren't poor. They were giving to the poor. And Judas is stealing all along. And they, and they, yeah, he had something to steal and he was still giving to the poor, even though there was a thief in their midst. So remember, he exchanged gold for Jesus' life. So there was there was a lot of money involved in this. And, I, you know, we can get our traditional mind kind of wrapped up in, well, everybody's poor and it's so sweet and wonderful to be poor. And so, But that's not the Bible truth throughout the Bible. It's, it's really a lie of the devil. It's just the same lie as, well, God put me in the hospital, put me on my back to teach me something. You mean he can't teach you something at church? You have to go to the hospital and get... Some kind of, you know, shots or surgery to learn something from God. It's ridiculous religious teaching, amen, that um, has gotten us uh, really in, in a shameful position financially because the church should be the most blessed entity on the earth. You know, we should be the lenders and not the borrowers. Head and not the tail. Above and not beneath, Amen. And, um, and it's not, you know, it's not because many times, um, because people are hard headed, maybe, maybe sometimes it is, but I think a lot of it falls on the responsibility of the fivefold ministry gift that has been ashamed to teach the truth. They've been ashamed or they don't like it because they get persecution. So they back off. We went to a dinner one night with a, a denominational pastor and his wife, and he, he said, I wish I could teach prosperity like y'all do, 
but my board, my board of directors would fire me. Wow. He said, I know what you're teaching is the truth. There is a such a thing as tithes. There are offerings. There is prosperity. But my board would, I would lose my retirement and everything. They would fire me instantly if I taught any of that in the church. So it's, it's a shame of the gospel or it's fear or it's persecution because I'm telling you, you start preaching like this and people don't like it. People don't like it at all. And some do. Y'all do. But some yeah. people don't, some people don't like it at all. And they'll really come against you and we've had it happen. But you know what? That's all right. I've had people not like me because I'm a Christian. I've had people not like me because I speak in other tongues. Amen? I've had people not like me because I lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Praise the Lord. But I'm not quitting. Amen? I'm not quitting. I'm going to teach the truth no matter what comes against us. And I believe that y'all are of that same resolve. That's why I love this church so much. Amen? So he became poor. The Bible says here, I'll finish this and we'll go. That ye through his poverty might be rich. And the might is not might or might not. The might is a surety of it. Amen. <laughs> Praise God that you will be enriched, abundantly supplied, that you will be rich. Praise the Lord. And so it's just good to go around saying, I'm rich. Jesus right. has made me rich. Amen. You don't have to wait till you get a million dollars in the bank to say that. You say it right now. Hallelujah. Jesus has made me rich. His grace is upon me for prosperity. Hallelujah. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you, Lord, that you're so good to us. You are a good, good father. And you supply and provide for us. And you always have and you always, always will. Then we thank you, Lord, you give us wisdom to handle finances. We thank you, Lord, that we know in our minds, in our intellect, in our emotions, in our will, we are completely convinced that it is your will for us to prosper and to be in health even as our soul prospers. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.